If you've got a question, the voices of resin are here. Ooh, last Yay! Flash Chicks is an SPE-sponsored podcast. Hi, you played this live today. I'm so excited. Yeah, even though I'm still congested uh, for my whole big respiratory thing. Um, it was uh, 10 out of 10. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to play for you since it's it's your last um, last recording of the podcast before you go on maternity leave. Um, Yay. Again, this is but, yeah, baby number four. But there will still be episodes due to the magic of pre-recording and Zoom. <laughs> Thank God for that. Because <laughs> I'm going to be not in a good way for a little bit. But it's okay, because we can have snacks and we can have margaritas again. So life will be, oh and, and a baby number four blessing, all that stuff too. Yeah, let, let me know. I'll come out for the christening. Perfect. We'll, you know. Margaritas in hand on the train. Thank you. That's all Taco I Bell, Taco Bell on the other hand. Listen, you're acting like that's a joke, but you know that is everything I want in this world. I know. <laughs> anyway, I am Mercedes Landazari. And I'm Lindsay Neville. And with our powers combined, we are Plastics. Plastics. The voices of resin. That's us. We're here. Um, we are recording this lovely episode um, and you can listen to it on, it's released the first Friday of every month, or you can wait like, usually like a week or two. And then you can watch us on the YouTube version where you can see, I'm rocking a very nineties outfit today and I'm kind of feeling the vibe. I feel oh. very, very nineties. Um, just going back to my youth. Maybe do some, maybe pull your hair into like the, the little bangs, <laughs> the baby like- braids or like the baby spice, like little clippies. I probably still have some yeah. of those around if I honestly looked hard enough. <laughs> well, I this is, I'm actually dressed like maybe what my mom dressed like in the 90s. So does that I count? love it. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to take it as a yes. <laughs> um, well. So, oh yes. I, but I, did we ever get to, yeah, YouTube, the YouTube channel, if you're listening on, on one of the, you know, uh, Apple podcasts or Google podcasts, um, you can check out the video recording of this on, uh, SPE's YouTube channel for SPE. I believe that's the handle. Yep. Or just find us on any social media at Plastics. P-L-A-S-T-C-H-I-C-K-S. No I in between Plast and Chicks. I know you want to put it there. Don't. And you're welcome to put it there. You'd still find us that way. You're, eventually. And we respond to it. We do respond to it. We love it. We love it. We love, I love it. It's a syllable. You know what? It makes it more exciting. And we can pin to more songs that way. Yes, absolutely. Um, So we have a very special guest with us today. Um, If you know him, his voice is going to sound a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, he's just coming back from, uh, from some illness as well. Um, but, uh, this is one of my favorite young people in the plastics industry. Um, uh, his name is Nathan Rader Edkin. He is the plastics innovation and research center program manager at Pennsylvania college of technology. And he was just named a plastics news rising star for 2023. Makes Congratulations, sense. Nate. Welcome to the club, the rising stars club. Um, and thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. That's, uh, 
an honor and a privilege to be among the top 35 this year, but also just got to get, you know, in that club with you, Lindsay and Logan. So yeah. it's just, <laughs> that is true. We, each other, huh? we are, we are a cool club. <laughs> so do you have that relationship with Logan uh, that I have with Lindsay, where you're trying to beat him with his accolades? Oh yes. yeah, of course. I love of it. <laughs> the more, the better for me, you know, the less is better for him. Maybe you guys can start a podcast like Class Bros. Or Plasti Bros. (laughs) We did start a company, so that's good. (laughs) Okay, wait. So let's go off the rails already. Asking what you were talking about beforehand. And this was not mentioned. No, no. Well, it's in the works. It's in the works. We have everything. uh, But we're revamping our strategic uh can we talk about it yeah yeah so it's it's called plastic postings uh basically it's a we're a headhunter for anybody in the plastic industry but also we're kind of trying to um i can't give away too much but we're trying to uh innovate the marketing of young plastic engineers or uh other engineers i guess to get their resumes out there, let companies know that, you know, people are there. It's kind of like a social media platform, but for resumes and companies and job seekers and stuff like that. But so if you go to our website, it's currently under development, but uh, it'll be up and running here shortly. And what's, what's the website? Plasticpostings.com. Plastics postings. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll add it in the show notes. And by the time this airs, which we said this should be the July episode. Um, maybe the website will be up and running. And if yeah, not, hopefully. let's be honest, who listens to podcasts the day they come out? It's not me. I'm always mm-hmm. far behind. So I am always, whenever someone's like, it's in un- under works, I'm like, yeah, by the time I'm listening to it, it's probably, it's probably already ready. It's a, it's a nice little side hustle for us uh, right now. So uh, while we're working our full-time jobs, this is kind of a, what we moonlight off of. So uh, it'll be good. Hopefully it'll, it will bear, bear some fruit here, but that's not for a long time down the road, hopefully. So who knows? Maybe yeah. it will be the next big thing. I don't know. <laughs> and what I love about it is, you know, what we've said so far, and it is so, so both you and Logan, that it's not just going to bear fruit for you guys, but bear fruit for so many others, it sounds like. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're kind of trying to get. All those engineers, plastic people specifically coming out who, you know, need a career change or don't have anywhere to start or want a job in their great in their dream country state environment hopefully we'll find we'll be able to connect with the right company eventually so yeah and speaking speaking of career change right you (laughs) i remember finding this out about you um maybe a few months after we met um we we met through spe right Mm because you were involved in uh, uh the next gen advisory board um and i found out that you hadn't started out um, your degree um, at Penn College in Plastics. You got your associates from Penn College um, in 2015 in uh, accounting and business management. Is that right? Yep. yep. And, and then you you worked for a couple of years. What inspired you to go back to school and uh, enroll in Penn College's Plastics? And Besides the coolness of plastics. Oh man! <laughs> well, you took my you took away my number one. The coolness. There, well, that's plastic, what I figured. Right? <laughs> uh, no, but. Uh, I don't know. I was just kind of 
work it out and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And I mean, I was not really making a lot of money or anything like that in my, you know, tenor between my gaps in my school years. So I was trying to look for something new, fun. And I always want like to work with my hands and math and science and stuff like that. And uh, I became good friends with Logan Tate, obviously, who uh, graduated from Lock Haven University with a physics degree. You know, he came out, couldn't find a job and he was looked at the plastics program here at Penn College and he was like, wow, this stuff's really cool. No, not a lot of people do it. Um, and the plus side, there's a bunch of jobs, really good starting entry level salaries um, and plastic materials. Let's face it, it's only been here for 100 years, um, give or take a couple of years here and there. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't know how to do with it or to do anything with materials. So it was just a really cool space at that time and still is. Uh, so he kind of convinced me to like, hey, just come give it a the old college try right and i took my first semester and immediately fell in love with it i mean i wasn't the greatest student wasn't very actively involved uh actively involved in clubs and stuff when i first went to college the second time around i really just dived right in and uh right in uh ngab sp uh president of the student chapter of sp there for for my senior year and uh just really bared the fruits of being involved on campus organizations and uh, SP being the primary one that I was involved with. And I don't know if I'd be where I'm at today if I didn't do that the second time around. So um, to answer your question, it was just really a combination of not knowing where to go and kind of using my friend's advice to to guide me. And then I just fell in love with it. And here we are. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to Logan, because thank God that was his advice and not something else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you never know what friend advice could take you down. Uh, Don't follow all Logan's advice, though. Sometimes <laughs> it's not the greatest. <laughs> oh, I'm flashing back to a story, a story that you told me of a late night <laughs> <laughs> we don't have very many late night sessions do we no no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> so i i love that you know i obviously i see that you're wearing the penn state gear today um you know for those who don't know because i only talk about barons um penn college is the another sister school within the penn state university structure umbrella whatever you want to call it yeah umbrella <laughs> there we go so I, I always do love a, a fellow Penn Stater. And back in the day, um, a long time ago, uh, your school would drive out, depending on where Antec was, to Penn State Barron. And then we would all take a bus to wherever Antec was, which was horrible because it was <laughs> filled with people. Like it was probably going to be a gross bus ride as it was. But then it was just, it was typically like, I mean, how much, how many people do those buses fill? Like 60 people? Yeah. It was probably like 64 people. And just the way back was just, oh, just always awful. Long. Everybody was a little too um, involved at their time in Antec. Let's just go with that phrasing. <laughs> um, but. No, so the bus did, smelled like a distillery or what are you trying uh, to say? <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> but. It, it was nice that our two colleges always did have that kind of, um, you know, friendly relationship where, you know, we we share resources, we share information. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, your school does a lot of the same things that Barron does. You know, you have the um, the program covers the extrusion, the injection molding, blow molding, romo, roto uh, film. You guys do um, thermoforming really well. That's not mm-hmm. something at Barron we really do that well. Uh, we have like one thermoformer, and I think it yeah. has been there since before I was in school. But we always make the uh, Nittany Lion mask for open houses. Um, so that's a really a really great coverage of the different processes. So you had your internships, um, you were able to kind of use some of those processes and do different types of internships. Can you kind of talk about why injection molding is the best in molding? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I did my uh, internships in extrusion, which was profiled and blown film for a pretty large company. And I don't know, I always, I always lean towards injection because I knew those facilities weren't hot. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, it's was, the right answer, but. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to go into medical because I like high tolerance, high volume, really fast cycle times. And I like to help people. Uh, so I got the taste for injection molding at the at an R&D scale uh, in Middletown with T connectivity. Uh, my mentee or mentor, I guess, uh, was Will Moyer, who was a graduate of the program. But uh, he really kind of took me underneath my underneath his wing and showed me how to PM molds, even though, I mean, it was an R and D facility. So we had one mold of PM, right? One little 110 ton sumo tumo. So, but I mean, we were trialing a whole bunch of different uh, materials for T and uh, really testing all their, uh, how do we know all their stuff on the TDS, whatever we could do to strain it, see what the min and max processing capabilities were. So that kind of introduced me to the R and D world, but also the manufacturing world too because i got to visit a couple uh production plants for te and uh, just saw the mass amount of robotics and presses and everything i was like yep that's what i want to do when i graduate so as soon as i graduated i was like i'm finding a job that's medical and injection so that's how i ended up in broken bow nebraska uh of course like you do yeah yeah (laughs) so i knew i knew going into it it was a small town and uh a leap of faith but i i think it was one of the best things i could do because it just made my learning curve not even a curve it was just uh learning straight line and uh i learned so much about not just injection molding but everything else that comes in an injection mold you know managing a project budgeting for a project and ultimately working with the people that you know help you out with validations and day-to-day operations and i will say you know i've worked with bd in the past um through several several of my jobs and one piece of advice i received when i was first like an intern somewhere was go to a large company because they will train you yeah they'll train you your way but they will also pay for any training or make sure you have the proper training and i feel like a company like bd you know everything they do is very by the book and very structured and they have their very specific way but it's the way that a lot of these mid to smaller companies base their systems off of so to start off at a company like bd i feel like that really gives you that leg up on like okay this is what the industry standard is. Let's do it. And then if we need to back it off, that's where we can go. But um, 
yeah, that's definitely the the right first step, I think. And you you started there like right after you graduated, right? Yeah, so I graduated in December 2019, and my first day was January 13th of 2020. (laughs) So I moved, I think I graduated uh, December 15th. So with less than a month, I was across country with uh, uh, my partner at the time and and with a little six-month-old baby. So it was an extraordinary drive i'll say the least <laughs> but it was a really good experience too uh for for my family at the time it was really really good uh to be in a town of 2000 with the closest walmart 60 miles away that's country living right <laughs> more more cows i think there was a hundred times more cows than there were uh people in a 25 mile radius <laughs> oh wow so it was, it was a very eye-opening experience, but a really, really good one. I didn't, I didn't realize there were so many cows or so few people there. Yeah, the second, I think, and someone can fact check me, but I'm probably wrong, but I think it's the second. Fine, we'll go to go with um, it. <laughs> the second largest um, cattle feedstock or something like that uh, in the nation. So 350,000 cows, I think, are, are there getting fed before they, you know, get shipped off to be beef. <laughs> so so your daughter was born like uh you said she was five months before you graduated or something like that oh yeah five months so she was actually born during my internship at te on the last wow. day of my internship when i well, it was supposed to be the last day uh she was had born. to leave <laughs> yeah, i had to leave i was like sorry wow born, so and great working here <laughs> So obviously, Lindsay and I are, are both parents, um, but we, you know, it's a different experience, I think, um, juggling being a brand new parent while just starting in, in a new career. Can, can you talk about that, what that was like? Uh, really, really rough, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said, we moved out there. We didn't have any support system out there. Uh, Logan and his now fiance were out there. Um, but that was really all we had. So it we had to juggle it and grow up really, really quick. Uh, but I think we learned the best that way, how to parent and do stuff our, ourselves. Cause we both graduated and moved out of our parents' house and then just we're on our own by ourselves. So yeah, I mean, juggling the late nights and early mornings of waking up for work, uh, finding daycares like that, uh, in a new town, new doctors, really hard to juggle all that. But at the same time, that's part of putting down your roots for however long you were going to be there for. So uh, I think we did it really efficient and effective. And obviously nothing's wrong yet because she's really, really smart and starts kindergarten next year. So we didn't mess her up too bad in the important years. So that's all that matters. <laughs> well done. And uh, and has she has she visited um, Penn College? Has she she has she worked at injection molding? Yes, I was gonna say, is she aware <laughs> that injection molding is the best molding? Oh yeah, she knows. She knows. So the really cool part about my job is uh, Penn College has a daycare on campus for uh, actually a daycare and a preschool. So in the summertime, it turns into a daycare. During semester, it turns into a a really really good preschool uh, that's accredited by the state even. So. Uh, it's one of the benefits of working at, in academia. Uh, so same hours as me. So yeah. And I get to 
sometimes I'll walk down campus, see her and take her and I'll take her and say, you want to see some parts being molded? And I'll take her to see, to see all the equipment. So hopefully I'm embedding that plastic engineering into, into that young mind of hers. We need to, um, I need to get my own kids plastic swag. We need to get her some plastic swag. Oh yeah. T-shirts. She's we will indoctrinate. We are totally on board with that. Hey, I think I have some stickers around still from Detroit and Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And I, I love, you know, I love that your daughter gets to see what you're doing and see, you know, how you are making a difference in the industry. And um, like, to me, that's the most important part. Like when I'm working, like I want my kids to know, like I'm doing something that matters. Like, you know, let's all appreciate that. Or right. at least I feel like I'm doing something that matters. Let's, <laughs> let's not get into the specifics. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think, especially with, you know, really young girls, um, it's so important for them to see that as an option or see themselves as an engineer or someone in, you know, the industry from a really young time. So it's never brought up as like, oh, well, that's a boy's job. You go do that boy's job. You know, mm-hmm. it's it it can really, um, really kind of give them the, the tough skin to get through some of what can, you know, happen in an, in an industry that's currently male dominated. Right, exactly. And that's one thing I always try to not preach to my daughter, but try to instill in her is, you know, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't be independent and strong and hard headed. Sometimes you can do all that stuff like I embrace it and I encourage it. And I know her mom does, too. So I think she'll be just fine. And if she ends up in an injection molding somewhere, she knows who to call to, you know, beat someone up if I, if they have to not me logan they're on, they're on. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so after so so tell us how you came back to academia you uh, you said in the in the plastics news article for um rising stars you said it was one of your greatest achievements or your greatest achievement um coming back to your alma mater uh tell us how you made that choice to come back to academia and, and head up the um that program yeah, so uh, so I was working with uh, BD. I was a senior mold. I got promoted, and I was a senior moldy engineer. Uh, a little bit of new product development. A little bit of uh, you know they they fly me all around the country or all around the world in some cases to help plants validate or troubleshoot or whatever was the issue uh, during that time because it was during COVID. So there was a lot of obviously influx of machines and molds coming online for all these different COVID products. Um, so like, I, I don't want to talk bad, but I got burnt out myself uh, just traveling. I was home four days a month and I couldn't see my daughter like I wanted to. So I started exploring new opportunities, you know, less travel, more closer to home with her. Uh, and this job opportunity came up at Penn College and I always saw myself coming back to academia whether to be teach or in a position like I am now but I didn't realize it'd be four years three years out of college right uh so I kind of landed my retirement job a little early (laughs) but 
it's it, it's been a dream to come back to my hometown and my alma to kind of have my hands dug deep not into just the workforce side but also really assist on the academia side too so i see myself here for a long time and and uh it's just been a really pleasure working in academia a little bit of a pay cut but it's totally worth it in my eyes well and you know to me i think the old rule to take a job at Barron was you had to have five or 10 years industry experience. I think that still stands, mm-hmm. but I don't want to quote it on that. Um, you know, how do you think, like, what do you think the benefit is of being, spending that time in industry before you come back and actually go to teach people what you've learned? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really crucial part. I, I think you have to, and I think you, uh, the right person has to be from the manufacturing floor up Mm -hmm. because you can be a really good engineer, but if you don't push the buttons on the machine and know what they do and understand, even in any plastic manufacturing process, what you're doing, what button that do I push to make this change or what's it affecting on the other side uh, is really important to understand. And it's not something that you just can open a textbook to and say, yep, if I change my cooling time or I pack time, my part's going to do this, right? It's just not something that you can learn it in school. You can do it in school, but doing it for a reason at a company that your sole purpose there is to help them make money is way different. And having that pressure applied to you and firefight on a daily basis, interact with the people that have been there for 20, 25 years, learn from them, you know, just be that sponge and keep absorbing and learning. You know, there's so many different ways to do it, but as long as you're getting to the same goal, then that way is fine, whatever the way that person or the other person wants to do it. So I, to answer your question, I think if you don't have industry experience, in my opinion, then it's really hard to teach that to future engineers. Uh, I'm not saying it's a negative thing. That's just my own personal opinion, but uh, yeah, definitely crucial for a position like me to be in. Yeah, I think I, think I totally agree. Cause I think until you're standing in front of a press going, I changed the back pressure. Why isn't this changing? And then you realize, you know, whatever else you did or whatever else is not happening or, you know, there's an issue with the mold or your gates clock, you know, whatever can crop up. And it's not, I do a and outcomes B, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. And until you felt that frustration or that sweat that hits like right on the back of your neck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to convey that to someone else. Oh, for sure. For sure. I completely agree. And I've been there where I've been drenched, <laughs> drenched in my medical smock, you know, and it's yeah. just like, oh man. <laughs> I, I think I've actually been standing at a press with a BD representative going, um, I had it running fine this morning. <laughs> That's amazing. So and hopefully that person was like, yep, this happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's lunchtime. Let's go. Let's go get lunch. We'll circle. Yeah. Back. <laughs> we'll circle. So tell us about um, the Plastics Innovation and Research uh, Center and, and your role there. 
Yeah, so uh, the Plastics Innovation Resource Center was developed at uh, Penn College for companies to come in for anything from, you know, uh, we can be consultants for your processes or we can bring in outside consultants for your troubleshooting process, uh, run simple material mechanical testing. So you supply some tensile bars or flex bars we can do or material, even DSC testing, um, just a whole slew of anything that you have on TDS. We can probably test for all the way up to big material, uh, raw material trials for big petrochemical companies developing a new material for any of the processes uh, where we can, you know, compound some additive into some virgin resin and then injection mold it into our ASTM mold and then mechanical test it. Or if you want to do R&D and you want to thermoform a Star Wars helmet or something like that, you just need one part. We can take that work on and, and, uh, do anything from making it a certain color or CNC it out or pretty much anything manufacturing or process related all the way up to R and D and testing capabilities. The PIRC can, can do as well as uh, customized trainings. Uh, We have two apprenticeship programs that are registered with the state that we run and are currently running. Um, And then we also have our annual hands-on workshops that uh, companies send uh, numerous people to, or just one person, just to learn more about processing. Anything really is covered in those workshops. So, yeah, I got to attend the uh, several years ago when I was newer to the industry. I got to attend the color science workshop there. It was phenomenal. It was two. I think now it's two and a half days, and it also covers weathering. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Bruce Mullen. Bruce Mulholland, yeah. Mulholland, yeah. yeah. I knew I was going to butcher it. Uh, he was yeah, just current SP uh, president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And don't worry, he was pushing CAD Retech out to the <laughs> to the attendees, so I, I was making sure they knew about it. Uh, yeah, we just had that workshop two weeks ago, and Bruce did a phenomenal job uh, at it. I think fifteen people were at it, and uh, really, really good. Uh, evaluations from that course. Uh, Bruce does a stellar job. It takes Jack Latson, who you know uh, used to do it, and Bruce has taken the reins now for a couple years and just kept on with it. So, um, industry experts like that is who we uh, not really subcontract. We it's kind of a partnership. We partner with those industry experts. Uh, like next week will be our extrusion workshop. Uh, that actually sold out at 50 uh, seats and Chris Rollendahl comes in uh, to do the lecture portion. And then Dr. Kirk Tanner uh, does the hands-on portion. And you had, uh, and Jeremy Dworshak, another injection molding SPE uh, member who's all in on team injection molding. Oh, yeah. um, he does courses and he took it over from the great Tim Weston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, Running, he's an instructor for one of our, uh, our apprenticeship cohorts. And I tell you what, if I hope Jeremy's listening, he's just been a phenomenal instructor. He probably is because he's so nice. He probably does listen oh to this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would, I'm so glad you connected us to him because he's been a nail in a haystack. He's been perfect and we love having him here and love to have him teach for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeremy. It's a pleasure to get to know him too. He's just such a nice person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nate, Nate and I did have this conversation that if Jeremy is ever mad at us, we would be disappointed in ourselves. Like he would just have to like, 
give us a look. And we'd be like, I am so sorry. What, <laughs> what can I give you to make this better? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so in what ways has uh, Penn College's plastics program changed since, since you attended? <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's changed uh, kind of a lot, actually. Um, so with everything happening in the plastics world, I'm sure if you're following plastics news, uh, all the trees that are being talked about, sustainability, um, we're trying to, so right now the major is called plastic and polymer engineering technologies. We're actually going through a name change and changing it to polymer engineering technologies. So PET. Which I know is very tricky to do in the Penn State system. <laughs> yeah. And especially for ABET, because, you know, Penn State, Barron and we are, uh, Penn College is accredited. So it's very hard to change a, a name. Uh, but we're taking that on to take the plastics name out of it because um, we're our enrollment for this major is very has declined and uh, we can attest uh, on that to COVID, but it's like, we need more uncles at the picnic saying, <laughs> you, you need to go on this plastic engineering stuff. It's too good. It's out there, grab it. And we're just not getting the uncles that we need. So I don't, I think it's a common problem for all universities right now because of just the dynamic I feel shifting. Not as many high school students are going to college. So, um, we're hopeful that that will, you know, spark a little bit better. Um, and then it's also changed. We got a couple of new pieces of equipment. Uh, we've gotten a roll fed thermoformer for a thin gauge. So we make like a uh, little berry containers and can run pretty fast. Uh, angle donated. Uh, we bought a new angle machine, uh, with the help of some, some, uh, grant funding. And then, uh, uh, just some cultural change, uh, some DEI change uh, kind of happening throughout the college as well. So uh, it's changed a lot, but I think it's all for the better. I don't think there's really a negative thing that has changed since I graduated. If anything, I, I feel like the program said, even though it's gotten smaller, I, th I feel like it's just really um, provided a lot of different opportunities for everybody mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. and what what uh are there any new concepts or, or innovations ideas that you have that you that you hope to implement to the program to the you know workforce development yeah so uh workforce development just got a two hundred thousand dollar grant uh from the department of economic and community development. I think I got that right. It's a really big acronym, but basically that that grant is focused on uh, circular economy, recyclability, sustainability. Uh, so we're currently looking for a director of the PIRC, which would head all that stuff. Uh, and then kind of like a, a program specialist to kind of go out to companies and see what they need from a workforce side to better understand uh, whether we need to create a recycling center of excellence here at the college or whether they need, you know, mechanics to work on their machinery. We just, we just don't know um, right now. So. And I'm not sure can... they know that well right now. No, either. no. And we've been able to partner with a great company called Encina. They're uh, make, they're building a $1.1 billion 
recycling plant right here, probably 40 minutes away from the college. Um, and I don't know how much you want me to get into this, uh, but Asina basically takes uh, recycled polymers or plastic material and break it down to their uh, monomer feedstock. So it's a, uh, it's a, uh, what do I want to say here? It's a system that they fully proved out and they're just going to scale up. So uh, we're very excited to partner with them and see what kind of things we can offer them to be successful, but also what they can offer us to help them grow that workforce and grow their technology and things like that for the greater good of not just the plastics industry, but the whole earth, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. I mean, and one thing too, I'm curious, just, just as like a kind of, I wanted to touch on this before, but you know, talking about how you got into your first job, like right after you graduated. And that's something that I remember talking to several other PCT um, students who were about to graduate. They, oh, everybody had jobs lined up. People were turning down jobs, which was very different from, from my background in, in humanities was, was not the case. It was like everybody was graduating. We had nowhere to go. Um, is, is that still the case? I mean, you guys had a really high um, graduation to employment rate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can say that for all, I think there's seven now, eight better credit schools. Mm -hmm. I think if any school has a plastics program, whether it be accredited or not, that's the, that's the key note right there is all these students who are not getting jobs or they're going to get their master's degrees or they're simply taking a year off to explore other cultures or whatever that may be. But basically if you don't have a job by the time you graduate, it's, it's very rare to find. Um, that could be from a whole slew of reasons, but the jobs are out there. And that's why I keep saying, um, it's crazy to me that all these schools have these great plastics programs, but we're not producing enough plastic engineers to, to fill the job need. And that's something I'm very passionate about. And, you know, I want to get people into, I, I'm not even biased against Penn College. I want if you are closer to Barron, if you're closer to, you know, Wisconsin. And then, and then stop there. I don't, I don't care. I just want the industry to be full of plastic yeah. engineers. And it's just not, it's just, I feel like it hasn't been since I've been in, in school, which I started in 2017. Uh, and that was the, that was happening before I even knew about plastics. So I feel like the job yeah. man's been there for years now and it's just, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I will say I graduated in 2008 at the height of the recession. Well, yeah, at the height of the recession, basically. And um, everyone in my class did get a job uh, with the exception of one person. But I think they were kind of being picky about location. Mm -hmm. um, and even after we all got jobs, I think probably three to four people were laid off. And had I taken the one job over the other, I would have been laid off too. Um, but all of them were able to find jobs within probably weeks, if not yeah. months. Like it wasn't a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. And that was during recession, right? Right. And it's just like, I like to say our jobs are recession proof because I know, I know they, they are, but they're not. But at the <laughs> same time, it's just like, the jobs you have are just such good jobs in the plastic industry, whether you be on the floor or not. Uh, it's just good to be around. So yeah, it's just, yeah. 
No, go ahead. No, no, I was just <laughs> no. It's just I was just going to say it's a it's a it's a something that I would like to solve, but unfortunately, I think we're going to take it's going to have to take a few minds to solve it and figure it out. Right, but I love the approach that Penn College is taking with these workshops and the workforce mm-hmm. development programs because people like me who didn't come from you know a plastics engineering background can go and get this really rich education mm-hmm. or like crash course. Um, that that helps them out. I mean, I'm still referring back to my my uh, book back when Jack Ladson was teaching that course. Um, you know, I still every once in a while, and I always give it to new people in the lab as well. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're about out of time for today. I know <laughs> we could talk yeah. for many more. Years, yeah. <laughs> and it was good catching up with you. But um, Nathan Rader, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and um, Congratulations again on Rising Stars and um, see what you do next. Yeah, way yeah. Be, I'm, way to be awesome. Be back. Anytime to have you back, I'll be glad. Well, we'll have the next episode will be Logan. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And I do want to say to all the viewers, if you need any information or want to know about any of the plastic programs here at Penn College or Penn State, Marin, uh, www.pct.edu. You can find everything there under business and industry or www.psu.edu. And we'll, uh, we'll get it posted in the show notes as well. So that way, easy click. Yep. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Plastics. New episodes appear on the first Friday of every month. So either follow or subscribe to get those new episodes ASAP. Plastics, the Voices of Resin is a plastics podcast sponsored by SPE, inspiring plastics professionals. If you want to find out more about SPE, please visit for, like the number, spe.org. Oh, plastics.